So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start the show, it is time for another mighty Carfection film club. This week, Volvo P1800, Restamod by Cyan Racing, Road Review. There's a, quite a different character to this car between 5,500 RPM to 7,000 RPM. Second gear, so 4,000 RPM, and then... <laughs> What is this about? This is something a little bit different. It's a it's a proper review of a car, but it's not just any car. It is a Volvo P1800. Older listeners might remember it from The Saint with uh, Roger Moore, rest in peace. It's made out of carbon fibre and it's it's got all modern stuff in it and it's very, very fast. And Henry Catchpole, uh, who I think we all love, uh, has taken it for a, a, a wang around and it looks like a lot of fun. I'm confused. They've taken a car that was old and they've replaced everything. On this one, yes. Generally, resto modding is sort of taking an old car and rather than doing a sort of faithful restoration exactly how it would have been, you know, back in the 60s or whatever, you basically modernise the bits that have got better since then. Yeah, I can't get behind this. This is like the Sugar Babes. (laughs) Okay, explain. Well, the Sugar Babes, didn't they change all their members so that the final lineup wasn't the same as the beginning lineup? I mean, I've, I've not closely followed the career of the Sugar Babes, but I can only assume that they just got rid of the old dead weight and brought in some new carbon fibre singers. Thank you! That was our new Car Fiction Film Club. Go check it out now. We have linked to the video in our show notes. Car Fiction, for the love of cars. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix of F1 Podcasts. I'm just not even going to bother. No, you go first. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Lewis Hamilton of F1 podcasts, but post-COVID. I mean, still all, still all right. Lewis Hamilton might have long COVID, which means he'll only win the championship by June next year. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the podcast equivalent of George Russell going back to Williams. Doesn't that suggest that we were sort of at the dizzy heights 
at some point and now we're going back we had Nigel Mansell on this once buckle up and hold on because I am Chica Ayres and this is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix debrief brought to you by extreme boredom and a weary sense of having told you so for several years now some drivers started a race then finished the race and nothing happened in between but it's okay because Sergio Perez had to stop and we are getting a new tiny driver next year we'll talk about that and also your emails because we've read them all even the ones you sent to other people that is all to come joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who has an apology to make it is phil tromans i feel like i owe the nation nay the world uh, a, a deep groveling apology last week i foolishly said that uh that i had a new car and then it was silver and then the following morning i went out to look at the new car my new seat teka long termer and i realized that actually it's not silver uh it's gray i don't know how to break this to you phil but matt actually cut that bit from the show oh did he ah! <laughs> well, I've got fuck all to talk about then. People that listen to this that might appreciate your insight as a journalist might care to know that you can't tell what fucking colour the car is. <laughs> so how can we trust how the carburetor works or how loud the radio goes or whatever else you talk about? Listen, um, listen, Terry, if there's one thing that you can guarantee I am going to tell you about this car, it's how the carburetor works. How does the car- <laughs> How has the carburetor been in the last week? Oh, so, so shiny. Yeah, but is it though, is it though, Phil? You don't even no, know what yeah. colour it is. I know what colour the carburetor is. What colour is the carburetor? <laughs> Invisible. Why? Because it doesn't have one. Why? Because oh. modern cars don't have carburetors. Really? Yeah. Since when? Late seventies, probably. Late <laughs> no. That's like the one car bit I know. And alongside him is a man who made a festive work fuck up. It is Terry Saunders. Okay, so I work for the BBC, as you all know, and. Everyone's been working from home all year, and there was a Christmas thing happening today, departmental Christmas thing, on Zoom. So we all kind of logged on to Zoom, and one of the requirements was that you wear a festive jumper, which I can't find, and you change your Zoom background to something festive. So I log on, and everyone's got Christmas trees and Santa Claus and everything, and I'd gone for a still from the festive film Die Hard. (laughs) (laughs) But not even just like the famous thing with Bruce Willis in the air vent. I'd gone for that bit and um, where there's a dead body in the lift and he's written, <laughs> now we have a machine oh, gun. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said this on because I thought I was joining a call of my fellow designers and friends who would get this joke. And after I put it on, I get a few people. I thought, you know that thing with Zoom when you kind of turn on and you're trying to find the bit and every, you know it shows you but it hasn't loaded yet. And I hear a few people, including the big boss, say, Terry, what is that on your screen? And then I start to see the list and it's the head of news <laughs> and about 100 people from around the world, none of which I recognise. <laughs> wow. And the problem with this particular screenshot I've chosen is that if you don't get it from Die Hard immediately, and to be fair, my face was covering up the bit that said we have he has a machine gun, it just looks like a picture of a corpse. <laughs> So anyway, I'll be looking for a new job in January. (laughs) ITV it is. Chica, what have you been up to? Basically, this week I discovered that you should not put uh, Calgon in your kettle in order to get rid of limescale. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The jingle goes, 
Kettles live longer with cow gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's not that, is it, Chica? No, it's washing no, machines it's mm. live longer with Calgon. Yeah, I thought that in order to get rid of limescale, you it wouldn't really make any difference if you did put the washing machine Calgon in my kettle. First of all, it didn't work. Secondly, my <laughs> cups of tea tasted like tasted washing laundry, <laughs> and I had to. Therefore, buy a new kettle. Cups of tea takes shit with Calgon. Back up a minute, back up a minute. How much Calgon did you put in the kettle? Fucking loads. (laughs) Three litres. It said one cup full per wash. So one cup for a washing machine, which, unless you've got a fucking big kettle, is bigger than a kettle. So how much did you put in your kettle? A cup. (laughs) Brilliant. But I did it. I did it several times. I did it several times because it didn't work. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so um, once it didn't work the first time, you were like, "Oh, I'll just keep doing it." <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's listeners' corner, but don't get too excited because, well, excitement is dead now. In the wake of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, all everyone wants to do is slag off the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, and why not? Michael Freilink says, Abu Dhabi always brings your feet back to the ground. Every race we had before Abu Dhabi has been and will be better than Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is Spain. Boring crap. DRS too easy. Snorefest. Kevin Barry said, for the first time in a long time, about two thirds into the race, I simply turned it off and walked away. I was bored. It had nothing to do with who was leading. It's a boring race, boring track. There's nothing left to be decided. And it looked very much like nothing would happen. I couldn't even depend on a crash as Grosjean was not there. Tristan Clayton said, I thoroughly enjoyed the season-ending Saka Grand Prix. Kevin okay. Rhodes said, didn't catch the race live, so watched it on my Sky Plus. Watching it at 30 times speed still wasn't quick enough. And Ed Ludlow said, please record extra loud so there's something to wake us all up. God, it was shit. Oh, so Worst boring. race of the season by a long shot. In fact, I think worst race since that French Grand Prix that was incredibly shit last year or maybe the year before. It is... I mean, I suppose we have to use this to remind ourselves that actually we've been very lucky this year. Mm. Like, F1 at one point looked like it wasn't going to happen. And we've had some cracking races. Some really good races. Maybe we needed this to be reminded that not everything in life is good. Sometimes F1 is this. Sometimes it's Grosjean in a fireball... Other times, it's really, really good facilities, I which think they couldn't even take advantage of because there was no there was no crowd there. That's the I, real tragedy. I don't think we needed this to remind ourselves how it's been such a good season in terms of entertainment so far. No, no, we didn't. I was actually reminiscing uh, from last week. Um, <laughs> no, I th- I'm I think thinking. We... We've, I think that the, the ratio of great races to not great races has actually been really good this year. I think that we got what we deserved. <laughs> but why? Why do we have Abu Dhabi every year, and why don't they get rid of it? Money, 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 money. Now I don't know if it's still true. I presume it is, but I know that Abu Dhabi got because remember Brazil used to end the season, mm-hmm. and that was good because Brazil's an exciting track. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then I remember there was a bit of a controversy when Abu Dhabi got the um, last track. Uh, Last, what's the word? Last race. race. Fucking, I'm bored. I know that Abu Dhabi got the last race uh, thing through Bernie Eccleston a few years ago. There was some controversy of it because they obviously paid a lot of money to be the last race. So presumably, F1, Liberty, whatever, 
are stuck in some hideous Bernie contract that Abu Dhabi has to be the last race. I, I maybe, or they may just still be paying loads of money to be the last race. I don't know. No, I'd, I th- I think that the new Formula One owners are wise to not having a dull race at the end of the year. Maybe, but, but when all the other races have been bangers, they'll be like, oh, we'll still get a load of money from Abu Dhabi, and you know, nobody will care. It's just the race for third place. But the race, the track is in the middle of a desert, so why can't they just redesign it and then they Good can question. still have it in Abu Dhabi and then have a wicked end of season race? I mean, they could do that, but they do have other stuff going on at Yas Marina rather than the F1. So in order to redesign it, they'd have to, well, scrap it or build another one. I suppose yeah, they could build money. another one. They could just build do that thing one. that they do on motorways at the weekend where they say you're going to have to take that little or... In fairness, or, or an the, average speed limit, <laughs> which is actually what this race was like. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like, like a virtual safety car, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? At the start of the lap, it's like, right, you can only go at forty miles an hour, but we'll we'll test you repeatedly. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, like you, I was a driver then, didn't it? That was like that was like a driving joke. Oh, it really grinds my gears. Oh, I've car still got gears, Phil. <laughs> well, some of them, not all of them. In other news, despite appearances to the country, there was actually a race at Yas Marina. And as usual, it finished with the two Mercedes and Max Verstappen on the podium. Although, as unusual, it was Verstappen who was on the top step. Finally, the Red Bull can battle the Mercs. I feel sorry for Max Verstappen because he got out of the car and his interview was like, that was a really great race, I really enjoyed it. And like, why is everyone, why is everyone gone? <laughs> why is everyone crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. it's, it's the classic Red Bull performance at the end of the year, isn't it? Like, finally, it's like, yes, we've got a car that can beat the Mercedes. It's like, it's too late. The championship was won races ago. Nobody cares anymore. They do this every year, and it's not going to carry through till next year because they've clearly been developing the car and developing the car. Mercedes stopped developing their car at Spa. They've been working on next year's car, so they're way ahead on next year's car. They're going to go into next year. It's going to be the same again, and Red Bull are going to be shit at the start, finally competitive at the end, and it'll be too late again. Repeat until the end of time. But, you know, fair yeah. to Max Verstappen, he did well. But he always does. It's, it's Red Bull's fault. And... You know, Hamilton being a bit off his game. He's no George Russell, is he? After the race, some young up-and-comers joined some washed-up old has-beens for young drivers and decrepit codgers test. Fernando Alonso turned out to be the fastest piloting this year's Renault around Yas Marina a couple of days after deafening everyone with his 2005 championship winning car during breaks in the race weekend. Did we learn anything from this? Should we start? Let's talk about the 2005 car to start with. Did you see the various clips of him banging around in that? Yeah, it's fine. It does sound good on the on the uh, on the TV. Yeah, it's fine. But I had this thing on Twitter this week where I I posted the unpopular opinion that actually they were too loud back in the day. Having sat and watched them live, uh, it just kind of hurts your ears. I didn't like didn't like them that much. New yeah, ones, new ones are better. Okay, good. Anyway, Fernando Alonso was the fastest in the young driver test thus making a mockery of the whole thing, got like a pretty much a whole Grand Prix's worth of laps in to understand the car for next year. Loads of other drivers weren't allowed to take part. It's going to be very embarrassing for him when he gets spanked by Esteban Ocon. I can't care about Fernando Alonso anymore. <laughs> Has he blotted all his copybooks with you? Do you know, I mean, I don't watch EastEnders anymore, but you know that when Nasty Nick would come on and everyone would be like, oh, it's Nasty Nick, and it'd be like, oh, come on. He's uh, on never every couple of years. Whenever he's run out, whenever the actors run out of money, he goes back to EastEnders, and it feels like Fernando Alonso is doing the same thing. It's the equivalent of when Nasty Nick would appear on um, Noel's house party. That's what Fernando Alonso is doing this weekend. It's like Boise knocking on the door of 
oh, I don't know. Oh, me and Marlene have been going to your house party. Oh, fuck off. So, oh, I don't know. I'm Fernando Alonso at the house party. Oh, blobby, blobby, blobby. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. And hello to all our non-British listeners. <laughs> Not only non-British, but also <laughs> listeners under the age of 30. <laughs> I mean, probably 40. Probably 40, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ask your parents. Um, yeah, Fernando Alonso's back. If you don't remember him, ask your parents. He was like one of the greats with Fangio and I don't know, Spartacus. He, he fucking pissed Fangio off. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great drive he had a great gig with Van Wall, but then he fucked them off. What are young drivers testing that we'll see a lot more of in the future is Yuki Sonoda, who will be taking Daniel Kvyat's seat at AlphaTauri next year. He is the first F one race driver to have been born this millennium. And he is also one of the shortest F1 drivers at all time at just five foot two. Sonoda will be the first Japanese driver since Kamui Kobayashi. Should we be excited about him? What I'm not excited about is how old he makes me feel. Yes. Oh, we joined the fucking club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kimi yeah. Raikkonen's my age and he makes me feel old. <laughs> what were you doing in May 2000, Chica? I was 10. No, oh, that's almost as bad. No, but when you look at his little face, you know, he hasn't I, got pubes, has he? Not in his don't face. <laughs> well, he well, I don't know. I mean, his private life is his own. I don't know what he gets up to. But I, for one, think this is great because if there's one thing that Formula One's been missing in the last 20 years is rubbish Japanese drivers that are there because of Honda in the car. <laughs> he's not that rubbish, in fairness. I mean, I don't think he's the Is next. he Max Verstappen? No. No. Is but he he's... better than Daniel Kvyat? Possibly. No. Uh, exactly. Well, there you go. Ju- jury's out. He has. He's Would been... he make the list of the top nine kettles of the year? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than you know Taki Nui. He's um, he was behind Mick Schumacher, wasn't he? Well, everybody was because Mick Schumacher won the championship. I think. He yeah, was but what thir- I mean, third in F two, I think this year, which is not bad, and I th- believe it was his first year of F two as well, which is that's pretty is good. Not, is not bad, and apparently he like he didn't have spectacular results before, but having read a little bit about him, he. It sounds like he did pretty well in shit teams before and then got in a reasonable team in F2 this year and, and has done pretty well. And it's the first Red Bull drive. Well, let's be honest, it's pretty much the only Red Bull Academy driver they've got that might be able to take over from one of the uh, one of the existing lots as they've just been shuffling them all around for about the past five years. And even at the Young Drivers Test, they had bloody Sebastian Buemi wheeled back in in his wheelchair. Did, to, did, um, did Alpha... he do? I don't know. I don't care. Did Alpha Tauri have uh, anyone else they could have chosen? Me. One day. Nico Hulkenberg. Grosjean. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I have no. I have no. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. I have no clue as to who the other um, Red Bull Academy drivers are at the moment, uh, and I'd, I'd barely heard of Tsunoda until about six months ago. So. And now he's the word. I don't know. All I, think he, I think he should be okay. I'd be interested to see how he gets on against Gasly because Gasly's been really good this year, um, and how quickly he can uh, get used to the car. Although twenty, you know, he's twenty. He's less than half my age, but and your height. He's less than half my height. Yeah, um, but he uh, uh, he's you know relatively old and experienced for a Red Bull driver coming into F one compared to Verstappen, who I think was what seventeen. So true. You know, we'll see. He's got plenty of time. And let's be honest, they've got nobody else coming through, so he can he can come in probably too early, not be that great. 
then be great, then go to Red Bull, then not be great at Red Bull, then get back to AlphaTauri again, and then sit there for another three years. So, yeah, good luck. To okay, him. what do you reckon the chances are of him going to Red Bull? Pretty high. I think pretty low. <laughs> you reckon? I don't think they'll take another Red Bull driver at Red Bull. Ironically, I think if if they get like Perez or someone, you reckon that'll, that'll open be, the floodgates to any old. That'll chancer. be the end. That'll be the end of the Red Bull Academy, whatever it's called. Do you reckon they'll just then rotate slightly washed up middle of the road drivers after Perez? David Coulthard. <laughs> yeah, been Christian Clean back. Um, uh, I'm mostly looking forward to him. Uh, in the driver's pen standing next to some of the quite tall drivers we have at the moment because Ockham's George really Russell. tall. George, George Russell's tall. very tall. Yeah. How, how so tall is he? He's a foot taller than Tsunoda. Russell no. is six foot two. <gasps> so Tsunoda is tiny. I mean, he's really little. I did some, some Googling on this. I can't find anybody in the history of F1 that's been that's been smaller. The only, There was one driver, and now I wish I'd written it down because I've forgotten it, but it was somebody I'd heard of and it's like, okay, he was quite small. And the what? only other driver I found that was five foot two is Bernie Eccleston, who oh. raced in the 50s for like two races. What difference? Does it make any difference in F1, your height? Well, being tall hurts, but does being short hurt? I wouldn't have thought it would be such a problem because A, you're lighter, so great. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that you might sit quite low in the car if you've got a taller teammate, but they can just get you a slightly fatter seat, I would have thought. So, nice cushion. I just imagine it's like jockeys. The what lighter and reaching- tinier you are, the better. What about reaching the pedals? I just put them on stilts or put bricks on the end of the pedals. Something like that. That's better. Big fat pedals. Business news. McLaren has a new investor having sold off part of the business to MSP Sports Capital, which now owns a minority state in the company's racing division, which includes F1. But why? To get more money, isn't it? Because if we it doesn't it actually seems quite a long time ago now. McLaren was shit not that long ago. Like really shit two seasons ago three seasons ago something like that and now they're doing all right uh third in the championship weren't they yes yeah. they were mm. um but the road the, the wider business is obviously going through brexit and pandemic and every other you know disaster and i think they were a bit worried that if shit went down with the wider mclaren group they might have to cut some costs and that would stop the forward momentum so they were like, well, let's get some money into the racing division because this is specifically uh, money into the racing side of it, not the whole business. So they've got these, uh, they've got MSP who've, I think have got some, uh, the people involved in them have got some experience in motorsport before with NASCAR and they tried to do some stuff with Force India, blah, 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 blah. They were maybe looking at taking over some part of Williams. But um, why such shit names? We had this when like the Force India takeover happened originally. It's just like... Why are they MSP Sports Capital? Come on, call yourself like Bonanza Racing or <laughs> fucking Saunders. Yeah, anything to do with me. You know, just something like, you know, this is basically a company that exists to make money and to invest money in a Formula One team. Yeah. Give it a snazzy name. The, but the thing is, if you look at a load of the companies that make big money, most of them have quite shit names. You look at all the holding companies that Bernie had back in the day, it was all like. Delta Topco and like just stuff that's like holding company three, holding oh, company yeah. four. Maybe it's, I'm just an over romantic. Well, MSP is named after the founder, uh, Brian MSP. No, his name is Jeff Murad, and MSP stands for Murad Sports Partners. <laughs> which makes me think that actually it's called Murad Sports Partners Sports Capital. 
So it's got five words and two of them are sports, which is just piss poor. I hope they do better with their racing. And finally, news came through this week that Sir Frank Williams is in hospital. No jokes on this. We just like to wish him well. Yeah, get well soon, Sir Frank. You might not yep. be an F1 anymore, but uh, we'd like you to get better. Thank you. Don't listen to that episode where I reviewed that film. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For f one Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For f one Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, well, you owe us a beer. So thank you to those that have done so since the last episode. They are... David Sayer, who says, thank you for a great year of podcasts. I think that was addressed to um, This American Life. (laughs) Paul Sayer, who says, I'm the brother of David, you've mentioned in the last few weeks, wanted to confirm that he wasn't lying when he said one of my friends used to be Martin Whitmarsh's gardener. I could probably get some dirt on him. Whitmarsh, not my mate, if you wanted. Also liked your research into the human rights issues of all the F1 host countries, but disappointed you sped Chica up as she read it out. I'm enough of a nerd to slow it down so I could hear the rest. Keep it up, slags. Plus you get a bonus fourth pint to fight over because I missed the leave the note section first time round. Oh, nice. Well, so he bought us three pints and then forgot to leave a note and had to buy another one so we could send that message. Nice. This is This is the kind of bad user experience that is now paying dividends um thank you paul i'm worried if you say yes we want some dirt on martin whitmarsh because he's his gardener he'd literally just get some soil or something no i want a picture of martin whitmarsh (laughs) with some soil on his face (laughs) i'd just like to mention the uh the the research into the human rights issue because i spent bloody ages researching all that and then matt sped it all up uh, even though I suggested that maybe maybe some people might want to hear it. So, you know, vindication. Boring. I presume, Matt, I presume Matt, you're going to speed that bit up in the yeah, end. Yeah, probably. Probably cut it out. <laughs> Thomas Collings, he says, enjoy not having to do this stuff for a couple of months. It'll fly by. Can't fucking wait. Does that mean we're not doing the Christmas special? We'll do the end of season review, then we'll have a break of all of 20 minutes before the next season starts. Pre-season podcast testing, where we just try various new different microphones and wear Flovis paint on our face. Yeah, that's what it is. Aaron Dullers, who says, Terry, you were brilliant on Missed Apex. Are you going to have one of those guys in your podcast? I would suggest the funny one. What's yes, the, actually, that we are doing that. We've got the funny one from Missed Apex on the podcast today. Please welcome Terry Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which way, which one's the funny one? Look, they're all <laughs> close personal friends of mine, Phil. I'm not going to get into name calling. You love them all, don't you? I can't remember their fucking names. <laughs> all got crazy nicknames. We should have crazy nicknames. There's Screwdriver. Yeah. There's <laughs> French Horn. Daddy. There's... <laughs> Gravy Dave. <laughs> Gravy Dave, he's good, he's a classic. Oh. <laughs> Teresa Gilmore, who says, Five years ago, my boyfriend introduced me to Formula One. This year, I returned the favour by introducing him to FF1S. We are now married and enjoy listening together. Thank you for making an excellent podcast, Terry and Josh. Are they listening to the same podcast as we're making? Charles Mussard, who says, second donation from Charles Mussard, no mention or name piss-taking last time. Did producer Matt get bladdered with my dosh? Almost definitely. Mm. We massaged you off the list, Charles. <laughs> oh, come on now. 
Oh no, this chocolate dessert is stale. It's got all stiff. My mousse is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Cox, he said, thanks for another season's worth of banter and bullshit. You guys rock. Merry Christmas. Fuck Aww. off, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> There's the banter. All the others have tried really hard with a personal message. And you've just, that's the equivalent of saying, you know, I uh, hope you have a good Christmas. Hope you have a great birthday. Fuck off. You might I well say that have... to everybody. I say <laughs> that to my parents. What exactly? There you go. You are the Ian Cox of the <laughs> greetings card world. You wow. <laughs> thank, I mean, thank you, Ian. As well as... Adam McConkey. Didn't he do uh, songs with John Clennon? <laughs> Jan Wilbert Luff. We need more time to go into that, but that's that's hell of a name. Donate again so we can spend more time on your name. Very good. Made up name, fuck off. Don't donate again. Don't trust you. Bye. <laughs> James Caswell. Cass. Cass very well. Cashwell, more like. Mind uh, August Merzer. We have almost definitely annihilated that name. And apologies, but thank you. I can't tell Cheek if you pronounce that in a racist way or like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> <laughs> did sound a bit Harry Potter, didn't it? Robbie Ross. Sounds like Stubby a Josh. Scottish folk hero. Stubby I like Josh. Wobby Woff. What? What? <laughs> Just changing the letters. <laughs> <laughs> and... To Paul Hinton and Christopher Lay for just being great and supporting us every month. I think Join he's them. clarified that it is Christopher Lee. It is Christopher Lee. Yeah. Right. I think it is, Lee. but not it's that one. And we have to do the Beautiful South joke because it's kind of compulsory now. Adam and Jan and James and Mindy Gauss, Robbie and Paul and Christopher Lee. We mispronounced your name. <laughs> <laughs> You can join them all by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. And now let's talk about the gripping 50-something laps. Woo! Time for the teams. We will start with Red Bull. Verstappen started in pole, stayed at the front, and that was about as crazy as it got. Albon did what he's been doing for most of the second half of the season, being okay. Bit more okay than usual, but left us all wondering, is okay enough? What do you think mm. of Verstappen? Very good. Well done. He, I mean, well done. He, he did what was expected and he did it. For some reason, they were just better than Mercedes. I mean, it was him. Are you saying it's just the car? Sorry, yes. meeting. Fucking hell, Phil, that's so I'm a very unprofessional we can't, man. We can't do a whole feature on people that have really kindly donated money and then all of a sudden oh. go into like... This is fine. This is for the, a, this is for the ASMR crowd. It's fine. I we love just, it. We just got the money from the drink, so we're a bit pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we instead of just going to get a snack just to sober ourselves up for the day. <laughs> Verstappen did very well. The car was clearly... So condescending. He did very well. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's a lovely lad. He's not a lovely lad. He's a bit of a twat, but he does drive very well. And let's be honest, Mazapan's going to make them all look like lovely lads next year. So, mm. uh, you know, fine. The car worked well. They did a good job. But nobody gave a shit because it's the end of the season. Nobody cares. And the, tra the race was boring. So, yeah. But Albon had his best race of the year. But it was a very boring one and he's already lost his drive. Yes, he had a couple of podiums, but... This is the bare minimum that Albon should be getting in. He should be fourth. He should be bloody second. If, well, Verstappen, if Verstappen can win quite comfortably, 
Cause no, he, I agree. And he was quite comfortable. He never looked in any kind of trouble at all. No, yeah, I agree this race he should have been. Like, in general, fourth place should always be Albon if the other three cars are finished. That's how it should have been this year, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that on a day when Red Bull can win, he, he manages fourth. Yeah, what yeah. Do, you do you think he's lost his drive? I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now. You, you watch, they'll bloody announce it before we manage to get this podcast up. But I'm gonna say it now. I think he has lost his drive. I think they're gonna go with Perez, Ooh. based on nothing but scurrilous rumor. <laughs> but if it if they do keep him, you've got to think why why? <laughs> like they've given him so many chances, and and he's not he's whatever way you look at it, he's not he's not lived up to him. The fact that this was his best drive of the year and he was still, what, 20 seconds or something behind Verstappen. No, rubbish. Yeah. Mercedes. Mercedes have not won seven Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in a row. Not because of a decline in their performance, but because of the reason for everything in 2020, COVID and Bottas. I think I've come down with a case of long Bottas. <laughs> well, I've I, I've read that fan fiction as well. <laughs> um, but Lewis, I'll ju- I'll let you win if you suck me. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I couldn't even be subtle. <laughs> this is why your fan fiction never does as well. <laughs> in and the motorhome, too, too many carburetors in it. In the <laughs> in the motorhome, Valtteri found Lewis's helmet sitting unused. <laughs> So he looked around and then poked no! his penis through the visor. But he didn't realise Lewis was wearing it and was just asleep. But he wasn't asleep anymore. <laughs> uh, did you sanitise that, said Lewis, excitedly. <laughs> Don't touch the face. Protect the NHS. <laughs> uh, FF1S.com forward slash shop 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 if you want the printed signed copy of Tony's no. new book. New feature, every team this week gets a little bit of fan fiction. Oh, no. Every team? Every team. Oh, God. Anyway, Hamilton was not at his best, still came third. Christian Horner went into the home and gave Max Verstappen the keys. You've won the race, you get your prize. Yeah. (laughs) Do you you mean it, it, Dad? Do you mean it? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Do you know why they call me Horner? (laughs) And then sure enough, in... His hotel room was ginger spice in that dress. <laughs> the Union Jack one. Yeah. Yep. Um, and most of the was like, sorry, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I'm too young. You're a master proseman. I've got a Yeah. <laughs> the um the the race was boring but um and Mercedes were a bit crap. Uh but Bottas was better, but only because Hamilton was sick. I mean hats off though. Hamilton well, I mean, allegedly had uh, COVID last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about the uh, conspiracy corner from your mum. Um, uh, and yeah. then this week, got in George Russell's car and still came still came second. I mean, that's impressive. Third. Third. Third, less second. Impressive. What, really less yeah, impressive. Just kind of assumed that he beat Bottas, but actually he didn't this week. But <laughs> he did well stayed in bed. It's like, it's like when Bottas uh, was beaten by Russell. Like, he wasn't, but, but he was. McLaren! Looked like Sainz might have gone too slow in the pits, but then it turned out he didn't. So it's Sainz's last race. Do you think that they will have a rubbish COVID-safe leaving party before he zooms off to Ferrari? I think they'll have like a wake. (laughs) Actually, I know about the party because um, after the race, Lando and Carlos (laughs) walked 
to the secret location, give it on the party invite. It seems quiet, but maybe that's how things are in COVID time. You know, you can't be too careful. They open the door and there's just a, a trail of wet footprints leading down a corridor. So they follow them until they open the door to find a jacuzzi that's buzzing away. And in the jacuzzi is just a naked Zach Brown who says, okay, boys, you drew on... You drew on qualifying results this year. That means you both get a bit of Zach. <laughs> wow. Don't call me Zach Brown for nothing. <laughs> anyway, in the race, um, yeah, they both did all right. Lando Norris, what does his dad do? What does his dad do? Yeah, it's a, a test. He's, he's a professional. He's a. I do know this actually. He's a professional rich man. Um, didn't he retire like stupidly young? Like he's a pensions magnate or something like that. He's founded a pension. Good. Company. He's a retired pensions manager. Yes. Oh, and he retired. I remember this because he retired, and I believe he's younger than I am when he retired. And he's not actually that much older than us. Like he had Lando relatively young, I think. Like he's he's in his forties, I think. Wow. Gee, Lando's, Lando's got little. no GCSEs. Doesn't surprise me he's rich. He doesn't need qualifications. Wow. Wow. He's worth a fortune. Privately educated. God. And thick as pig shit. <laughs> but a decent I mean, driver. You know, he, he he's beat Carlos Sainz. Fifth. fifth. Well, fifth. Best of the rest. Beaten only by Alex Albon, who we outqualified. Racing point. Perez went from hero to zero in just seven days and Stroll strolled home in 10th. What will Racing Point p- give Perez as a leaving present? Well, Perez... Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Perez realised that now he's done his last race, he doesn't have any more contractual assignments. So he gave... <laughs> Is this going to be went... some sort of stroll pole position? Though? Is that where he's no, going? No, no. Okay. It's, well, it's got penises. <laughs> so he goes into Lance Stroll's motorhome and says, come on, mate. I've done it all year. It's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) So Lance puts on Sergio's helmet and walks into his dad's office, (laughs) pulls down his overalls and gets one for the team. Well, hang on. Have I read... (laughs) What? Has this suddenly gone incestuous? Yes. Are you suggesting accidental (laughs) incest? I, I mean, if I was producer Matt, I would cut the hell out of this. Mm. But let's see, let's see what happens. You know, last last Just wait till we get to Haas. Oh, God, <laughs> right up the Haas. Ferrari. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Putting the Willie and Williams. Yeah. Okay. I see where all this is going. Ferrari. It's better than the fucking race. <laughs> Neil Bois in the race, sixth place in the champs. Goodbye, Vettel. Sorry, signs. Shite. Mm-mm. Complete shite. I mean, you'd hope it's because they gave up developing this car a long time ago and they've just thought, for the love of God, let's get ahead on next year's car. Do you reckon but, that's what they're doing? I mean, I really hope so. Mm. Because if they've been trying for any amount of time for the last, what, three months, let's say, to get that absolute dog of a car to be any good, then um, it's not really worked. So I hope they've just spent all their time making next year's car vaguely decent. But we'll see. Vettel's hands were shaking oh. as he put his key in the hotel door. He'd pull out with years of this shit from Ferrari, but his contract said at the end of this, at the end of his contractual agreement, he gets to have sex with some 
heroes of Ferrari. <laughs> what? So I don't know. So he opens the door and waiting in there are not the heroes he was thinking of, because in this case he thought it meant like women, but it was actually all of the Ferrari failures over the years. So in the room was Fernando Alonso, Alain Prost, Sebastian Vettel somehow, Jean Alesi. Um, did Fisichella drive a Ferrari? I think, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did, yeah, him. Luca, well. ba- Luca Badoa. But even in the room, like, Fisichella's in the room and S- Sebastian's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I drove a Ferrari. Did you? I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I can get an erection. The end. <laughs> Renault! This was Renault's last race as Renault before they become Alpine. Will it be remembered? No, but Ricardo got fastest lap. He did. He had a good one, Ricardo. Did very mm. well. Uh, Perezian on his tyres for that first stint on the hards last made them last for ages, and I'm sure that's somehow going to be uh, incorporated into what Terry's about to say. Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> sat at the hotel bar on his own. He'd had a long, grueling season, and he just wanted to finish his whiskey before flying back to Australia. When suddenly, a racing boot landed on his table. He looked up to see Fernando Alonso there with his racing, his 2005 Renault racing overalls on, missing a boot and with his penis hanging out. Alpha I, I hear you like to drink the things that people put in boots, he said. You could call it my Alpinus. Now, fuck off. Back to McLaren, you f- <laughs> Daddy's back. <laughs> <laughs> I worry we're getting too similar to the other F1 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit checkered flag this week. I like it. <laughs> it's just pure Andrew Benson, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Alpha Tauri. Kvyat finished his final race just outside the points. When you're going to be replaced by an infant, that is like salt in a gaping wound. I don't remember God, Gasly. Don't get, don't give Terry ideas. No, yeah. Talking of gaping <laughs> wounds. <laughs> oh dear. That's um, all I've got. That's really yeah, all I've got. <laughs> Kvyat's gone now, and we didn't um, we didn't know at the end of the race that he'd definitely gone, and I don't think he did either. Even though we did, but but we didn't officially know that Sonoda was coming in and taking his place. And I sort of feel a little bit sad for him because he's not been as shit as some of the other drivers that don't have a drive next year. He's been better than... In fact, is he the best driver that's not got a drive next year? Perez. I think Perez has got a drive. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, Certainly better than Grosjean. Better than Albon. Was unlucky to lose his seat at Red Bull. I don't know. I think he's going out with the least ceremony, probably. But, you know, good luck to him. Daniel Kvyat sat in Park Ferme after the race, knowing that it was probably going to be his last one for the team. He hated the way they'd shafted him and made him a scapegoat, so he decided to take a shit in the car just to give them a lesson and that his new replacement next year in Melbourne would have to shit in a, sit in a shitty car. <laughs> so he shat. He shot good and proper, and then he got out of the team, he got out of the car, and said to Franz Tost, I've just shat in the car. 
And Fran said, well, two things. One, you've actually just shattered your overall. And two, it's not actually the same car in January next year. It's going to be a totally different car. So, um, fuck off, mate. I don't These feel like that was... yeah, taking wasn't a as, bit of a turn now, haven't It wasn't they? as erotic as the last one. It was it's just sort scatological. of... Yeah, it's just kind of like, just kind of angry. <laughs> Alfa Romeo, Raikkonen beat the Ferraris, but that doesn't take much. Giovinazzi, if you had him for Secret Santa, what would you get him? What kind of budget are we on here? Look, I've, I've just done a secret Santa at work. Five pounds. And my present was pretty shit. What did you? What did you get? Was it a MacBook Pro? What, what, a re- is this? Is it, was this the present you got, or the the? No, no, as the, in the, the bought the or received that I've bought for someone okay. else. Have you given it to them yet? Well, they've got it, so we're going to wrap it on Friday. But it's he's a designer, and I bought him like a lovely pencil set, which I think is quite nice. But I also think it's a bit of a kind of lame idea. It's one of those <laughs> presents that, I, as I after I sent it, I was like, I'd be pissed off with that. <laughs> See, I, I don't think I've ever done a secret Santa. I'm trying never. to think what I was. Worse no, I than think so. What's the budget, Terry? Fifteen quid. It's quite a high 15, budget. Right, isn't so it? fifteen quid for Giovanazzi. Pair of fucking scissors so he can cut his hair. Actually, I'm, I can't talk because my hair's getting quite long. But uh, it's not exactly Giovanazzi nice levels. No, it's not. It's not Giovanazzi levels. Um, and I'm nice not a millionaire band. Formula One driver either. Giovanazzi had. Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo Secret Santa. <laughs> he'd always looked up to his team boss and he thought he didn't know quite what to buy him. They're going to be racing together next year, so he didn't want to do something embarrassing, but also he wanted him he wanted to be able to show Kimi that he was on his level, but also that he respected him. So he sent the jiffy bag off to Alfa Romeo HQ and then regretted it. But then at the Christmas party Kimi Raikkonen opens the jiffy bag and pulls out a filled used condom. <laughs> Who the fuck got me this, he said, before eating it. <laughs> oh, he's probably very drunk. <laughs> oh, well, I've enjoyed this podcast more than I thought I would. <laughs> and there's an awful lot of people who, who, who won't be, I don't think. I don't think that's true at all. I think the subscriber numbers are going to plunge after this. I think I've made a lot of people very horny. I think that um, <laughs> Teresa and Josh are going to be having sex after this podcast. Oh, oh God. And this is fruit for a whole new podcast, Terry, which could just be called... Fucking Tennis. <laughs> Russell is no longer living a lie and is driving a Williams because it's his team and it's not because of COVID. Latifi, what did you think of his team strategy? I couldn't tell you. Didn't see him. I'm joking, I'm joking. Russell was... Oh, I think it was the car then, wasn't it? Case closed. Your honour. No, he On was good. Thursday practice, George no. Russell headed to the Williams garage <laughs> to see his old friends. But all the mechanics looked a little sheepish. Hey, everyone, he said, I'm back. Did you miss me? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we thought you'd be Mercedes again this week. No, no, it's fine. What? No, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Russell looked up at the expanse of the white garage to see that his name was above the board, but his face wasn't. Oh, why did you take my picture down, he said. Oh, no, it's just that we thought, you know, Lewis, have you got the picture to hand? Because I'd like to have it back. He's like, well, about that. What? Well, it was more the cardboard cutout of yours we had. Um, We all took turns to have sex with it because we all fancy you, George. (laughs) 
And he said, you should have just said, I fancy you all too. And that's why they were so shit in qualifying. They were all exhausted from a George Russell gangbang. Haas! Fittipaldi did fine. I hope he enjoyed his run in F1. And Magnussen started at the back, he stayed near the back, and now he is going to sports cars. The end. We'll never see either of them again. Bye! Kevin Magnussen waited for the end of year party. He'd been dropping subtle hints with his contact in podcasting, Terry Saunders, to say, <laughs> for the last few years, can you just make sure you keep up that I like sucking balls? Because whenever I leave Haas, I want a party where I get to suck as many balls as I can. Hang on, said Terry. Didn't you say suck my balls, so you prefer other people to suck your balls? He said, that's true, but I really like sucking balls. So he goes into the end of year party and it's an empty room because they've all gone home. He had no balls to suck, apart from his own. Okay. It's quite a sad one. No no (laughs) one really likes him. But in the end, the real lesson were the balls he sucked along the way. I don't know where I'm going with this. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. As if you've not had enough of me. Okay, I'm doing a song because it's the end of the year, it's Christmas. Oh, we had somebody ask for a song, so this is the out well. Basically, what happened was, because we've now got a mail out that goes out on Monday, and I put the standings in the mail out, that means I have to write the standings much earlier in the week than I'm used to. And I really didn't have any ideas. So I thought what would be funny is I'll go back to the previous WW and copy the standings. And in our script, the standings just aren't in any of them until four years ago when I did this, a version of this song. <laughs> so I'm doing it again. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happens at Abu Dhabi anyway. It's just pretty the same much, yeah, shit same every year, yeah. A, you're a champion. B, you've been beaten. That's Bottas. C, you've made Albon cry. That's Verstappen. D, you are dead to me, Perez. E, you'll eat anything, Ricardo, Shuey, whatever. F, you are off to Ferrari. <laughs> G, you are going home, Albon. H, you are so horny. Couldn't think of anything, but it just seems horny, Leclerc, doesn't he? <laughs> I, I don't know what to put here, Lando Norris. J, I was joking when you won a race. K, for a hundred pounds, I'd kiss your face. That's Lance Stroll. L Alonso will leave you behind. It's Ocon. M maybe it'd be good to go, Vettel. N no Kvyat, please don't go. That's Kvyat. He's singing for himself. Oh, the podium is still dry. It's Hulkenberg. Please hand in your notice, Kimmy. Quit. Did you even begin, Giovinazzi? Russell hustle up some bustle. Grosjean sizzle up some sizzle. Oh, that's a bit poor taste, isn't it? And T tries to suck one last ball. <laughs> it's fun to wander through the alphabet with you. But what are we going to do about F1? <sighs> Find out in just a few minutes' time in my state of F1, sponsored by Cuff Action. Yeah. I love that we're so down with the kids that you've, um, you've, you've done a riff on a song that came out in 1948. <laughs> A song that, I, that came out in 1948 that I previously did four years ago. And now for the teams. So it was a boring race. So what do you do when you're having a boring day? You maybe do some like self-help or some self-learning. And I thought, you know, you've got the full dummies range of books. So I thought, what would each team read for dummies? <laughs> so Mercedes, tyre labelling for dummies. Uh, Red Bull, disappointment for dummies. McLaren, fluking third place for dummies. 
Racing Point, Nepotism for Dummies. Dealing with a problem chart for dummies is for Renault next year. Cheating for dummies is Ferrari. Winning for dummies is Alfa Tauri. Contemplating why for dummies is Alfa Romeo. Um, Haas should have fireproofing for dummies. And making the most of what you got for dummies is Williams. And now for the man of the match of driving. Lando Norris. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Or rather, it's time for the annual Abu Dhabi State of F1. I know in this year of uncertainty and peril, maybe there's something to be said for the warm embrace of a processional race. Maybe the drivers even welcomed it after so many frenetic races. Maybe they just want to put their feet up. It reminds me of my driving lessons. Do you remember them? When I was always happier stuck in traffic on the way to the open roads as I could watch the clock tick by, just like Alonso felt against Petrov in 2010. But Abu Dhabi shouldn't be allowed to make each F1 season snooze off into the winter. The last race of the season should be thrilling, ideally a last lap, last corner championship decider like 2008 Brazil. Or if not, then just a crazy race where no one except the team vying for fourth give a shit and it all goes wrong. What I'm saying is, Sakir was an amazing final Grand Prix of the season. Did you watch Nurse Ratched on Netflix? It was kind of good, and then there was a weird last episode that took place after everything else and was entirely underwhelming. Look it up. The episode title is called The 2020 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But don't worry, I have a solution. Now that we're used to the idea of random track layouts and slowly carrying around to reverse grids and anything that adds a bit of randomness to the season, I propose that the final GP of the year is a lottery. All the teams have to meet at the FIA headquarters in Paris with all their trucks and motorhomes on a Wednesday afternoon where Jean Top will roll a church fate style tombola in which there are tiny bits of paper, each with one of the homogenated Grand Prix tracks of the world. I didn't know how to spell it or say it. He picks one at random and it's a race. Like the double points finish in Abu Dhabi a few years ago, it's a double header. The first team to get all of their personnel and kit there, a la a cannonball run, get 25 points. Then on Sunday, the race starts. And it could be in Silverstone, in Fuji or Monaco, which admittedly would be a slight logistical challenge. But it would be an exciting end of the year. I agree. Sounds like a great idea. And they should uh, have Netflix there the whole time and yep. uh, probably be better than Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. That was the State of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, do we have any more videos this year? Contractually, um, there are two more that should have been up by the last two races of the season. But I've delivered them this week, so I'm pretty sure they'll be going up soon. So yes, there's one about fixing Formula 2 and one about mind games. So hopefully they'll go up soon on the channel. Yes. You can find the State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That is youtube.com forward slash carfection. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that EA have taken over Codemasters who make the Formula One game. Uh, for the computers so that's presumably going to be shipped from now on and you'll have to buy loads of microtransactions to uh, get anywhere which actually when you think about it is more f1 than it was before true and goodbye to terry saunders 
I've been loving this podcast the last few weeks because in this section of the script it just says new newsletter, which I've just left in for the last four weeks. So after every race, by which I mean the Australian Grand Prix in March, there'll be a newsletter. So you should sign up to ff1s.com forward slash whatever the fuck we decided. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the main page. There's a link. Is there a link? Yeah. I'm not even sure the website is up, to be honest. (laughs) Hopefully. So you can find that Facebook page. That is facebook.com forward slash for F1 for sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1 sake. You can buy merch. Where, Terry? Um, <laughs> yeah, the internet. Yeah. Good. Just Google us and merch and you'll find it. We will be back very soon to discuss the entire year of races. Don't forget to check out our film club pick from Carfection, the Volvo P1800 Resta Mod by Cyan Racing Road Review. That is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you soon. I've been Chica Rez. Goodbye. Goodbye. Podcast Network.